0: This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website, www.anchorchurch.com.au Blessed is the one. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the lord and who meditates on his law day and night that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers not so the wicked They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. We all experience a deep desire to be known, understood, and accepted, just as we are despite all of our eccentricities. I love our staff team at church. And one of the things that I love most about our staff rhythms is how we celebrate birthdays. We, we obviously get a cake and we go out for lunch together. But one of the things that I love most is that we share birthday blessings. So we'll speak words of encouragement and affirmation and prophecy and wisdom into the birthday boy or girl's life. And this is such a blessing for me personally, uh, it's so wonderful when someone says something that's so perceptive and true about who I am. Or when someone's able to put into words something that I've always thought about myself, but I've never been able to articulate. I feel so known and loved and accepted. My identity is confirmed and I feel empowered in my gifts. And I wonder if you've had a similar experience where you felt known and understood and accepted. And it's so beautiful, isn't it? We all desire that. But there's nothing worse than when you miss that, when you feel unknown, misunderstood and ignored, when you feel lonely. I've been loving listening to Bieber's latest tracks and especially Lonely. And Lonely tells his own story of teenage stardom, uh, you know, being thrown into into the limelight, uh, everyone knowing his name, but not really being known at all. And the chorus of that song goes like this. What if you had it all, but nobody to call? Maybe then you'd know me. Because I've had everything, but no one's listening. And I'm so lonely. Bieber experiences that irony of being unknown and lonely in a sea of fame and fortune. We all experience that desire to be known, understood, and accepted. And yet, so many of us are actually afraid to be our true self. We've got walls up and we're afraid to let people in. There might be parts of yourself that you're not happy with, parts of your personality that you don't like. We've all got those dark corners of our hearts, those hidden secrets, those areas of shame, and anxiety that are hidden within. And the sad truth is that when we hide our true self, we actually rob ourselves of the the joy of intimacy for which we were made. The question that we're left with is, how can we feel safe to be real about who we really are? How can we feel safe to be real about the darkness that each of us sees within us? Organizational psychologists talk about the principle of psychological safety as being vital for healthy teams. And in a psychological, well, psychological safety is this. It's where you can be real about who you are without fear of reprisal or punishment or negative consequences. And it's vital for a healthy workplace environment and for any team. In a psychologically safe environment, it enables risk-taking and creativity. It means that you can speak your mind, that you can raise difficult issues, that you can give and receive feedback, you can ask for help, you can admit your errors. And psychological safety is true for healthy teams, but I believe that that principle is actually true for any healthy relationship. That we need to feel safe to be real about who we really are and about the darkness that we see within us. As we finish our series in the Psalms, Selah, and look at Psalm 139 today, we're going to see David lay some theological principles for his own psychological safety, so that he can be real with God about the darkness that he sees within us. He's going to remind himself that God knows me. God is with me. God made me. And so he loves me. And so because of all of that, that gives him the safety that he needs to be real about the darkness that he sees within us. And my hope is that as we focus our hearts on those same truths, that we'll have that same experience within ourselves, that we'll be freed uh, to be real with God and with one one another about who we really are and the darkness within. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to walk, walk through the psalm together. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that today each of us would encounter your love in a really real and personal way and that as we do so, that we would feel safe to be real about who we are and about the darkness that we see within us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we walk through Psalm 139, we're going to see four different sections of the psalm. So first, that God knows you. Second, that God is with you. Third, that God made you. And then finally, in light of all of that, that we can be real with God. So first up, God knows you in verses 1-6. So David starts like this. He says, verse 1, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. He's saying that God has something better than Superman's x-ray vision that can see through walls, that God can see through the walls of our heart. He sees the the depths of our hearts. He knows us completely. He goes on to describe all the ways that that God knows him, that God knows David's movements in verses 2 to 3. He says, You know when I sit and when I rise. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. God knows when you wake and when you sleep. He knows when you eat, when you go to work, when you go to the gym. God sees you at your best and at your worst. When you're talking to the homeless guy on the street and when you're sneakily checking Instagram at work, I know that you do it. God knows our movements. He knows what we do with our days and our minutes and our hours. But. David goes on to say that God actually knows the inner workings of his heart and mind in verses 2 and 4. He says this, You perceive my thoughts from afar. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. All those hidden and secret places within us are known by a God. One commentator described this psalm as a celebration of God's invasion of our privacy. And it's like that. Nothing is hidden from his sight. We can't escape his knowledge. David says that he is hemmed in by God's knowledge. And for some of us, that might feel smothering and terrifying. God sees everything and knows everything. I can't hide anything. That's a fearful prospect for some of us. But for David, it provokes awe and wonder within him. Look at verse 6. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. It reminds me of the woman at the well who encounters Jesus in John chapter 4. She's an outcast in her society, a sinful woman who's been shunned by her community, but Jesus accepts her and in their interaction reveals his knowledge of her that she's had five husbands and the man that she's with isn't her husband at all. And her response is awe and wonder. She runs back to the village saying, come and see a man who knows everything about me. And she proclaims that he's the Messiah. When we realize that God knows us completely, that actually provokes joy and awe and wonder within us. Because God is not some cosmic stalker who's peeking around the corner at all the dirty secrets in our life. God knows us like a friend or a lover in the Bible, the word to know, it never simply refers to information or facts about a person. It's always about personal, intimate relationship. So I think about my relationship with my wife, Catherine. I could list facts about her. She has beautiful brown hair and deep brown eyes. She was born at an Nepean hospital. She has three brothers and I could go on and on and on. It's not that kind of knowledge that the Psalm is talking about. Anyone could know that about Catherine. When the Bible says that God knows us, it's talking about relational intimacy. The way that I know my wife because we are one of heart and mind and flesh. So when God says he knows us, it's not that he knows simply information about us, even though he knows all the little details of our lives. It means that he is our friend, that we're invited into friendship and intimacy with God, and this truth for David, it's one of the theological truths that he lays so that he can remind his soul that he is safe to be real about who he is and to to bring before God the inner darkness that he sees within him. So God knows you, and that's good news for David. The second thing that we see is that God is with you in verses seven to twelve. Let's read this together. David says. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Up, down, east and west, David is completely encompassed by God's presence. He even says that fleeing into the darkness won't work in verses 11 and 12 because darkness is like light to God. All of us have tried to run or to hide from God. It's part of our human condition and it's a thread that binds all of our stories together. You think about Adam hiding from God in the garden, hiding his sin and his shame. Jacob fleeing from his family after he steals the blessing from Esau. Moses running away from Egypt after he kills the Egyptian. Jonah fleeing from from God and his call to preach repentance to the people of Nineveh. You think about the story of the wayward son who runs away from home and squanders his father's inheritance. This is the story of humanity. We have all tried to run away from God. We have all tried to hide the darkest and deepest places of our hearts from him. And of course, it's just as possible to run away from God into religion as it is into rebellion. But the good news of this psalm and of the whole Bible is that no matter how far or how hard you run, you can never escape God. You can go up to the heights of heaven, down to the depths of Sheol, to the east, to the west, and God is there. Indeed, in the parables of Jesus, he says that God isn't just there, but God is the one who seeks us and pursues us relentlessly. He never gives up on us because he loves us, and so he pursues his wayward sons and daughters to bring them home. For many of us, this reality that God is with us could feel suffocating again, like God knows us, but for David and for the Christian, this is a comforting truth. God sees you. God knows you. God is with you. And this should allow us, like it does David, to feel safe to be real with God about who we really are and what's really happening within us. So God knows you. God is with you. And thirdly, God made you. Take a look at verses 13 to 18. David says, For you created my inmost being." You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You see, right at the start of that, in verse 13, there's a big for, or in your Bible, it might say, because. David is giving a reason why God knows him and why God is with him. And the reason is this, God made him. God made you. Now, last week, I made a delicious vegan ramen for one of our family dinners. And it was, if I say so myself, it was delicious. Now, if you were at our dinner table, I'm sure you could have guessed some of the ingredients just by looking at at the bowl and by tasting the broth. But because I'm the one who made it, I know every little detail about all the ingredients that went into there because I cut up every single vegetable and I spent hours over the broth getting the balance just right. I made it, and so I know it. I know everything that went into it and how I made it. And it's the same with any kind of craftsmanship. Whenever you put the time and the care and attention and the love into making something, whether that's an artwork, Furniture, knitting a jumper, building a house. The craftsman has an intimate knowledge and love for what he has made. The Bible says that God is a craftsman and that humanity is his masterpiece. When it thinks about the origins of humanity and how a human life is made, it doesn't just talk about the mechanics of procreation. According to the Bible, we are crafted by God with love and care. Every single one of us. In the darkness of our mother's womb, we're not hidden from God. We're being knit together by our maker, by our craftsman, like a beautiful masterpiece, a work of love, a work of art. And what that means is that every single human life, regardless of our capacity, is a masterpiece your life is a masterpiece god made you god knows you god loves you every single one of us are precious because we are made by our divine craftsman. david goes on to say that not only is god our maker but he's also our composer he's written our days our lives into his story he knows our past our present our future and he's orchestrating all the details of our lives into a beautiful story of grace. God made us. God knows us. God is with us. And so we can't hide from him. He invites us to be real with him. And again, this, this, this truth, it provokes awe and wonder and praise within David. Have a look at verse 14. He says, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And in verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. What this psalm reveals to us is a very basic truth about the Christian life. Following Jesus is not primarily about growing in knowledge. It's not primarily about growing in obedience and holiness. Following Jesus is not primarily about mastering spiritual disciplines. the Christian life is not about mastery, the Christian life is about being mastered. The Christian life was never about knowing as if it was possible for our finite minds to comprehend an infinite eternal transcendent God. Now the Christian life is never about knowing but firstly about being known and this is fundamental to human identity that our lives are not primarily about self actualization and self-discovery. Our lives at a foundational level are about being found and known by God. And that truth that God made us, that God knows us, that God is with us, that God loves us, that truth provides incredible meaning and purpose to our lives. You are God's. He made you. He knows you, he's with you, and he loves you. Well, this psalm, it's often been used in quite a kitschy, cheesy way. You know, you'll see it on a Christian coffee mug or a Christian shirt or a bumper sticker or something like that. And that kind of sentimental, kitschy version of this psalm, it actually takes verses 1 to 18 without the last quarter of this psalm, without verses 19 to 24, and it... Almost completely misses the point because as a whole, this psalm has a very dark background. David is laying these truths about God so that he can remind himself that he's safe to be real with God. David is, is reminding his soul that he is safe, that he has this spiritual, psychological safety to be real about who he is and what's really inside of him. And so in this last quarter of the psalm, David opens the gates of his heart. He takes the wall down. And he's real with God, and it is dark. Are you ready for this? Have a look at verse 19, as David is real with God. This is what he says. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. If only you, God, would kill, would slay the wicked. Now, I don't know what you're expecting. You might have been expecting some mild anxiety or depression. But here we are seeing murderous anger and he goes on away from me you bloodthirsty they speak of you with evil intent your adversaries misuse your name do i not hate those who hate you lord and abhor those who are in rebellion against you i have nothing but hatred for them i count them my enemies now let me just say this is no justification for religious violence or hatred Jesus is clear that we are to love our enemies just like God loves us, just like God loves his enemies by laying down his life for them. What David is doing here is he's being real with God about the real emotions that are within his heart that are there because of real circumstances, his enemies and the enemies of the Lord surrounding him. He's reminding himself, all right, God knows me. God is with me. God loves me because he made me, so I can be real with him. There's no point hiding. There's no point fleeing. We don't do pretend. We're going to be real with God, even with our darkest emotions. And for David, that is murderous anger. What about you? This this psalm, it asks us, what is happening in your heart? What are the dark emotions that you're experiencing in your life? Depression? Doubt? Anxiety? Anger? What is happening in your heart? What are the dark emotions that you're experiencing? It's easy for us to be overwhelmed by the darkness within us. It's easy for us to try and run or hide, but there's no healing in running, there's no healing in hiding. And David's remind us that we can't hide anything from God. God knows you, so there's no point trying to hide. God's with you, so there's no point trying to run away. God made you and he loves you and God invites you to be real with him. And this Psalm is a wonderful tool for us to do that, to take these words of prayer on our own lips to be real with God. Now, of course, there might be many other steps in your journey towards healing and processing your dark emotions you might want to share with your gospel community or with a trusted friend it's right for us to receive prayer and counseling for you you might need to see a GP and a psychologist and if you've been prescribed medication it's right to take them all of them are important steps with dealing with our negative emotions But here we're seeing that David brings his dark emotions to God, that David can be real with God because he knows that God loves him and that God accepts him as he is. David ends the psalm with this beautiful prayer, a beautiful prayer in verses 23 to 24. Let's read this together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting the psalms invite us to use these words to express our full range of emotion to god the dark emotions within us are not too much for him he w- he wants us to be real with him and with one another and this psalm these words they've been so helpful for me this week as i find myself in a season where I can't understand the things that are happening in my own heart or I don't know myself, where I face darkness within me. It's been, it's been so helpful for me to remind myself and recenter myself this week on the truth that God knows me. Even when I don't know myself, God knows me. God is with me and God loves me because he made me. And that, that truth actually frees me to be real with God and to be real about my journey with others as well. And so I pray for you that you'll be able to use this psalm and all the psalms uh, as your prayer book to God to give voice and words to the dark emotions that you're experiencing in your journey. And I pray that you will feel safe uh, to be real with God and be real with one another uh, because we know that God loves us, that God is with us, that God made us. We all experience that deep desire to be known, don't we? to be understood, to be accepted just the way we are. And the good news of this psalm is that God does know you. God does love you. God does accept you. And that frees you to be real about who you are and what's really happening within you. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We acknowledge that we all experience this deep desire to be known and loved And we confess that so often we put walls up, we keep people out, we try and run or hide. Father, help us to believe these truths today, that you know us, that you're with us, that you love us. May those truths free us. May they break the shackles on our hearts so that we can be real about who we really are, about what's really happening within us, so we can be real with you and be real with one another so that we can experience the intimacy for which we were made. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.